1: You're listening to the best of Maddie Johns. Proudly family owned and operated since 1989, statetransport.com.au. Welcome to Morning Glory with Maddie Johns.
2: Yeah, welcome to Morning Glory, people. Uh, Well, I tell you what, today, uh, we're going to have everyone's had their say in the grand final Nathan Cleary. We're going to do that today. We're going to talk about Nathan's performance specifically in a minute and uh, just where he sits in terms of the greatest number sevens. We'll we'll, uh, take away, uh, we'll take apart the grand final our own way. We've got Webster, we've got Movie of the Week, which is Whiplash. Very underrated movie. We're going to talk about the next Blues coach. Uh, There's an ad at Centrelink. I saw a few people prowling around there. Maddie Elliott. Uh, Sound (laughs) advice. Maestro's Musings. Heavy stuff with Maestro's Musings today. (laughs) Hope you like being outraged. Mm. Sydney Morning Herald's Andrew Webster. G'day, Webber.
0: I've made a career out of being outraged. (laughs) Mate, um, actually,
2: I'll get to that. I've got a question for you. Alex, Maestro. I'm Um, ready. Can't wait for the musings. Oh, it's heavy. It's very heavy stuff. I don't know whether you can say some of those words. Haven't been appropriate for 200 years, but (laughs) let's just give it a crack. Brent Hogarth, nice political t-shirt. Mate, didn't know sand mining was still a thing. (laughs) Well, mate,
3: I'm out here (laughs) speaking the truth. I like everyone else. Absolutely, mate. Why not?
2: (laughs) And this bloke, mate, well, people, he backed Brisbane from the first trial. Fine line between genius and regret. He regrets nothing, kids. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Bloke of a bar, Den and Kemp. Absolutely
4: A-Kempi. nothing. Proud of the boys. Look, if you're going to get beaten, at least it's beaten by one of the best performances we've seen in a grand final. I thought that they were outstanding for their first grand final, and I think they're going to. They honestly, they reminded me a lot like Penrith in their first grand final. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. That's a good call. Where'd we, you watch the game,
4: boys? I went to it. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I was right in the corner where Ezra Man was doing his work. Uh, It it was a great It was a really good atmosphere Matter of fact I would honestly say 70-30 Broncos fans
0: The Panthers fans Were getting booed I I couldn't believe uh, On Sunday I was out there For the footy show And walking around The forecourt I couldn't believe how many Broncos fans were there, mm. and even where I live in the Cross, there's just people in Broncos fans everywhere. Well, they were you genuinely you would have, would have booed. thought the game was in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah,
4: it's great. Like when their names were coming up on the screen, they were you could hear the boos over the cheers. That's how many wow. Broncos well, fans. I, are. I,
0: I ran into a bloke. He came up to me after, um, uh, before the game, and he said uh, he said he'd been at the uh, AFL Grand Final to watch the Brisbane Lions, and then caught an overnight train to Sydney <laughs> Olympic Park to watch the Broncos. I tell you what, leaving that's that's a lot of hurt. Leaving
4: that stadium. Is an absolute migraine. It's ridiculous. Oh. It's so
0: poor. So isolated,
4: aren't it, you? And it's just like the traffic. You're sitting in traffic for an hour just to get onto the highway. Just to get out of the car park. And all yeah. they needed was like one person to direct traffic and it would change everyone's experience. It's
0: mm. terrible. It's just, so bad. just leave
3: the game, you know, 10 minutes early. But, I, well, <laughs> yeah. but you know, what, that's
0: what people do. I know people are at the game. So what they do is like, they like, the game finishes and they just sprint for the train station. Yeah. So they can wait for another for less than, uh, like, a half an hour to get home. Yeah. The train it's an outrage. Yeah. It's a disgrace. I oh, <laughs> was <Webos> fired <up. laughs> Now, Ben,
2: on this show, i like to think we're a two-handed beast in the fact that we sort of both you know, went on a little bit down. You used sort to of take over and manage yeah. it, hence last week. Uh, people said, well, you're drunk on air. I said, no, that'd be unprofessional. Uh, yeah. Uh, but um, <laughs> had a uh, blood test this morning. Ooh. And once they put the needle in, I momentarily passed out. So Are you
3: feeling down a little bit nauseous okay oh, okay a little bit nauseous as you know do you need phobia. me to move there's two things <laughs> i hate needles
2: and uh rattlesnake's fangs
3: i, I understand <laughs> your fear of uh, your fear of needles i don't mind the old the old jab for things yeah, but that's right. removing I mean, removing blood from your body it's never a pleasant you experience. Don't mind a jab, of course. <laughs>
2: they were the old days You went through rehab and uh, you're back. <laughs> Hello to all the heroin uh, addicts out there. Yeah. People who <laughs> like to inject spam and, uh, and whatnot. Mum Ma- Ma- and Dad, Dad, he
3: is joking. <laughs> I, um,
2: just letting people know, too, if you want to catch up and come and say good day. Tonight, me and uh, the two sons, it's John's extravaganza at the Star Casino. We're doing a speaking gig. Is this, a plug? Is this a plug? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Come and say good day. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it'll be different that, you know, Johns are actually friendly people. <laughs> the <laughs> friendly Johns. The Experience. other ones. What time, Matthew? That's uh, a good question. Seven o'clock. Okay. Seven o'clock. 7- come o- come, I might o- come and get over and it. say hi, Hi. Right. Yeah, well. Yeah. We'll, pick, we'll pick you up on the way through yeah. if you want. <laughs> uh, now, boys, we'll take a apart the grand final soon, but Nathan Cleary's grand final performance, everyone's had their say. Let's talk about that specifically. And the thing that made that last 20 minutes little less even more remarkable that he looked out of sorts completely up up to that try assist for leota he really looked out of sorts there was he just wasn't hitting the ball as sweet uh two crucial missed tackles he could not get the team into its proper formation like we'd seen the previous two performances but you know to be able to turn that around you know that that's a sign of a truly great player
4: Yeah, I think there's, you know, if you're a glass-half-empty kind of guy, you try to look at the 60 minutes where he struggled. But I've always said that greatness in grand finals isn't about perfection. It's about moments. It's about Mm. reacting to the imperfect parts of the game. For example, what makes Thurston's 2015 so great? It's the fact that he missed the sideline conversion and then he nailed first opportunity to drop goal.
2: Off his game for most of the game. Absolutely. I mean, the thing about it is with halves, say all the time, like there's guys, when you play the first... 50 minutes of a game as a halfback. It's like when you give a casino plug, you're in the casino, right? And you're playing the pokies, right? And you have a bit of a hit, dollar hits. But then gradually that last 30 minutes, the pressure builds. The last 15 minutes, you're in the high rollers room.
0: I I thought it actually reminded me of JT's performance in some ways in 15. I know people sort of criticised JT in that grand final, but I felt being there covering it that night, he just wanted the ball, JT in his hands, every play it's like this is our chance, and I also felt like he thought this is my chance. And and people had gone. Remember, he went to that grand final. Yep. People were questioning whether, that he had to win a comp to prove his greatness, um, and the fact that he sort of grabbed that game and dragged the Cowboys with him um, to to get get them there in the end from when they're behind. It, that's but Nathan Nathan's was like that, but yeah. supercharged because they were down by so much. And I thought just the way that he. Like imagine having that confidence and that mm. strength to be to make those you know, those missed tackles. That the, the first Ezra Mamb uh, try came off that kick that went dead. Remember? Yep. And it's like to still have the confidence and the swagger to be able to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and then come up with all those critical plays and win the grand final for your team. I thought, oh. mate. There's only I reckon. There's JT. There's Joey. There's Alfie, mm. and I reckon in the in the NRL era, there's not many more that could do that. No. You know. Well, that's
2: that's the thing about it. When you watch it, he went from being to- totally off his game, and he was totally off his game, to all of a sudden in the last 17 minutes, pulling off five or six plays, most some of them extraordinary plays. That if he doesn't nail one of them, they don't win. Yeah,
4: mm. yeah. yeah. It's it, honestly the 20 minutes that he put together. I think it's also a really interesting argument for Origin. You know, does he play? six or does he play 7 but a bit wider because all his damage was done when the pressure was relieved Shifted. by Cogger. Yes. Mm. So you you wonder whether, you know, it just shows you every single doesn't matter how great a half is, he needs a good dance partner. Mm. Yeah. Not to say the little why he wasn't, but he's obviously injured. He was nowhere yes. near his best. Yep. And so it, it makes you okay, does clearly need to get a bit wider in origin. I, I mean, look, I thought yeah. it was absolutely incredible and just the ability to how he like? Look how much he's already achieved. He's got. He already had a Clive Churchill before it. He's already won two premierships. He's run a couple of origins. All that kind of stuff. But he could have easily gone. You know what? It's just not our night. Pack her in, boys. Yeah, yeah. Let's just get through this no, and move he's... forward. He he didn't do that. He yeah. didn't do. That. He refused and make it even more incredible. He did his MCL in the first ten minutes. Insane.
3: Would you with the MCL in the first ten minutes, would that explain the couple of missed tackles? I would. He, would you be able to move as laterally to stop I, I those? Probably, I probably
2: get... think Benny. That at that point of the game, you know, with seven to go, he probably just went. You know, I'm going to have to bite down here, and I'm just gonna, I'm going to have to go for it. Yeah. I think early. I, I think before that, I think he was a bit of softly, softly trying to trying to protect it. We well, cl- uh, it's human. I mean, you do an MCL. I've done, mate. The knee is just, the knee has it's no support. No support. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, you, you're on ice skates.
4: I think as well. He, you know, the knock on Cleary, or not the knock, but when you're being hypercritical, it's like too structured, too structured. Yeah, doesn't yeah. doesn't have the magic that Joey or Thurston or Alfie had. What I loved about his match-winning try, that was all from structure. That was all from a game plan to wear out a forward pack. And what happened? You know, the forward pack of the Broncos wore out. boom, stepped off his left foot. It wasn't even that crazy of a step. It was just nah, fatigue. Nah, nah, that's yeah, right. That's it was. right.
2: Boys, uh, two questions. Where where does it rate in terms of greatest big game performances? I can't think of any better. Certainly, I haven't seen a better clutch performance late. But you talk about Joey, 2005, the comeback. Yep. Brad Clyde, 89 grand final was a special one. Uh, Wally Lewis, game two. 1986, Australia versus Great Britain at Old Trafford. They said, Wally, they're in trouble in the last 15 minutes. Just get some home. And Brett Kenny, two tries, Challenge Cup final, 85 at Wembley. A couple of those grand final performances Alfie, Alfie Kenny. in the
0: game three when he came back. like he, right. he just That was... That was pretty phenomenal. But is but it but it harder But it's 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 hard. It's hard to think of, think of think many. No. Is no. it is
3: a premiership grand final moment better than say a game two? Yeah, say, yeah. I, I, I like think in, so, in terms sure. of stakes. Yeah. This is in that. Of course. That, like of course. that is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. or oh, you, you guys tell me the former players on the panel, Maestro. That's, that's <laughs> I thought, what, what would you rather have? A premiership or an Origin? I think it's Be the true. unique situation of it.
4: Yeah. I think as well, it's a unique situation of. You know, for example, and I still think the Joey 05 is the greatest origin performance we've ever seen and probably the greatest 80 minutes of rugby league we've ever seen. But when it comes to, like, being down and out and then having literally, statistically, the greatest numbers-wise points comeback, it's hard to say it's not the greatest performance. You, you
0: know what it reminded me of? I wrote about this on uh, the day after the game. I'm not trying to sound like a knob, but I would, like th- that Super Bowl I was at when Brady engineered the big comeback yeah. for against Atlanta when they were down yeah. 28-3, that's what it felt like to me, like, just... Just against Absolutely. absolute all odds and school, all that scoreboard pressure and to be able to turn it around. And then when I was there that night at, in Houston in the stadium, you could just feel like you just thought, this game's going to turn because of that bloke. Yeah, And that's exactly well, how it what seemed well, with Because
2: You know, Webby, a lot of our athletes and sports people, we talked down because for whatever reason we've been programmed into it since we're young that America is always bigger and better. Mm. And so when you compare – I remember once writing an article about Cameron Smith and just comparing how much of a cold-blooded killer he was – to Michael Jordan yeah and people were going oh are oh, you
0: saying he's good as Jordan no no yeah <laughs> that, that's, that's what, what people saying. do that's yeah. what people they do go like, like, no, comparing no, him I'm not I'm not I, saying you know, that
2: I can't hate your sport even more than you've just done how, how dare you compare? <laughs> and my point is this I would say to people I was having a beer one day and he was laughing and I said mate I'll tell you something right now here's the difference right I said Cameron's and I'll say this about the the, the Tom I said Cameron's he's one of 13 parts Jordan was one of five, mm. right? Huh? Now, I'm not going to say he's the same level as Jordan athletically, but, mate, there are so many similarities, and I use the same thing about Tom Brady, right? Nathan Cleary. People go, yeah, but it's Tom Brady. I don't give a shit if it's Tom Brady. Nathan was working with a, a, an MCL tear. On top of that, he's one of he's one of 13 parts. He's playing fatigued. He's having to rally him you know, on the run into shape, and he gets him home. You're drawing
0: and comparisons between great athletes' qualities, not yes. the great athlete and what they do when they're standing in the world.
3: But yo but oh, yeah. Yo's off the field. Yeah. Louis is off the field. Mm. Sorensen. Sorensen like the amount yeah. of players are off the field he got Jake Cogger, who, you Tungle. know, is not is as well, yeah, Who isn't as experienced but comes on and with that he carries that team.
2: Well Benny, it, it's funny what Beek just said there. You know, is he possibly at origin level? Is he a six? And that's a very good question because one thing whenever I watch Nathan play. Synonymous when Nathan's going to have a big game, he's running game's on. Yeah, like, and we've seen that right through the mm. final series, and I thought he neglected the running game. Uh, and there's a reason why he took uh, Payne Hass on early, got half through, and and Payne um, yeah, fell on the leg, which meant that you know he did the MCL up. But after that, he he never run run the football barely until. 17 minutes to go and he said mate unless I start to do something we're gone mm, yeah and turns out when he runs the football regardless of his beautiful touch his kick his passing his organisation the way he's evolved his game the best part of his game is running yeah. yeah which is amazing for where he's come from well
4: you, you look at this final series he had he was averaging over 150 metres until Jerome got back yeah. you know it's so yeah. like yeah. look and people might go oh that's crazy you know he's a best seven in the game we're talking at best seven ever you can you can be a six and still do it can be a unique role where you do a lot of the seven stuff but then when you get into good ball you get a seven that just straightens up the line for you and gives a bit of movement so anyway i look nathan cleary is 25 years old with three premierships (laughs) Two Clive Churchills. God, I hate him. World Cup. Origin Series, a World Cup. (laughs) We are witnessing greatness. And even if you don't like the guy, I don't know how you couldn't. He's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. You have to appreciate it while it's here. How many people wish they could go back to when Joe was playing and just lay back and watch him just do his thing? Well, I just played
2: alongside him and made him look good. (laughs) Uh, We'll take a break. We're going to uh, talk about the Grand Final specifically after the break.
1: You're listening to the best of Maddie Johns.
2: A little bit later, we've got uh, the movie of the week. Liam Alexander's going to join us for Whiplash. Whiplash. Oh, when are we going to do Grease? Anyway, maybe next week. Uh, let's take apart the uh, the grand final, <laughs> boys. We <We've> chatted about <laughs> Nathan, but the big turning points of the game, and, you know, Big touched on it there before. And not very little has been made of this, but the introduction of, of Jack Cogger into the game at about the 53rd minute. Like I said before, Penrith were really struggling to get their structure on for whatever reason. We saw them against the Warriors and then the Storm. They were just methodical. But you have to think about this, boys. So they've got, they've only made, they end up doing 37 out of 38 sets yeah. in the game. Only one right out. Right. So they've been perfect. And for all that possession they had, for all that field position, up until the 63rd minute, They'd scored one try, mm. which was, to say the least, fortuitous mm. to Mitch Kenny. Yeah. And then Cogger comes on the field, right, and it's not a knock on Jerome. It's just <laughs> what they needed at the time. And he just plays gun barrel straight, takes, as you said, push Nathan back to almost being the second banana, mm. and everything falls into place.
4: Yeah, I think the, the huge moments was... To think, and it's not going to get spoken about enough, and it'll get lost in the noise of history. But this is a guy, Guy Cogger, who no other club wanted. Who is basically a fringy at the moment, and that's no disrespect to him. That's that's what he is. Comes on in the hardest situation you could come on against an absolutely explosive, dominant Broncos forward pack. And somehow just calms like he calmed Cleary down. Yeah, he did, which is crazy to think because Cleary's the iceman. Mm. Yeah, I think it's one of the great like kind of battle stories of a grand final.
2: Well, let's talk about the aspects which led to the the Brisbane at uh, the late collapse. Now, of course, it was Nathan Cleary and what he did, right? But if you have a look at the first the first half of football, which was I think the first the most intense first half I've seen in a grand final. It, it was. Like, like, state it was like State of Origin 3 a couple of years ago, which was unbelievable. But the Brisbane forwards, they were so gassed, right? And it was absolutely incredible. It shows you the quality of the Brisbane performance that, regardless of the errors that they were making and the fact that you know, Penrith were complete uh, completing and just getting through their sets, they led 24 8 to that point. But that sort of possession against you, and the other side. You know, being so squeaky clean, that does it does take a toll, mm. and, and it and has to.
4: timed as well with Ivan Cleary's really good uh, bench rotation. So yep. around that sixty-minute mark, I think that's when Leota or fifty-five or so Leota and Fisher Harris, I think, come back on the field. Yep. And it, and a, a mixture of you know Broncos should have put the gun away and just gone complete, complete, complete. But they went, you know what? We got to the grand finals, attack, attack, attack. We're just going to keep, keep doing that. It around, yeah. which is fair enough, which is fair enough. But the first twenty minutes. Broncos had a forty-four percent completion rate, and and it's That's unbelievable. It's it? going to get lost in you know, it's going to get lost in the again the noise of Penrith's win. It's one of the greatest defensive performances by a team in a grand final in My that first is, half yep. that I've ever seen personally by the Broncos.
0: hundred percent. Uh, but don't you reckon like the way that when Flegler went off with the HIA early in the half, and I thought, oh, this is not looking good, mm. and and Walsh couldn't get into the game, but when Flegler mm. came back on mm. and scored that try in the shadows of halftime, I thought. Oh. I just felt you felt the whole momentum change. Like Penrith it? Yeah. could not it could not cash in on all that field posi- all that possession and field position, and they and they could only and he's, um here's the Broncos basically just you know and with them at halftime. I thought this, this I, read, I thought this game's over. I, can, I thought Brisbane were certainies.
2: And then swung back again when Leota scored. Totally yeah. swung the other way. He's going to he's be that, a
3: massive loss, Flegler for, for Broncos. Yeah, big, big loss. Him and yeah. oh, huge mate. loss. Huge yeah. loss.
2: Um, Brad Clyde, DCE. Uh, Brad McKay, those three, they won Clive Churchill medals in defeat. But I haven't seen a better grand final performance in defeat than Ezra Mamm and Payne Haas. Yep.
0: Mate. I thought Haas, was up until they lost, was the best player on the field. Yeah. Ha- I could not believe his performance.
4: So this is his stats. 150 metres from 14 runs, so he's averaging more than 10 metres. He also made 41 tackles. <laughs> not only did he miss no tackles, he had zero ineffective tackles. Wow. Now that's... Put it against his opposition, who had a 97 percent completion rate. The front rowers who played incredibly. Don't get me wrong, Leota and Fisher Harris. Yep, they had about the same running meters, yeah. half his tackles, and they also missed tackles. Yeah.
2: they won the they won the uh, the yardage battle in the middle of Brisbane. Yeah, unbelievable. Like they, they, which shows you how good they were going. That second stint from Leota, uh, though, was quite an incredible one. And boys, if we talk about like some of the unsung heroes, Jack Cogger. We spoke about him. Okay. Stephen Crichton oh. was just absolute <laughs> class. Now, they have bought him the Bulldogs to play fullback, but there's two sides of football. You've got attack and you've got defence. His defence on that left side was, was so good, but some of his touches, fellas. like oh. Even
0: the try. Like, he had yeah. three guys in there and just managed to... And what are the, he must be... Like, given... Uh, he's just... Uh, he's a. He's such a... Like, I mean, he's never contained. Yeah, <laughs> to to little... Justin
3: Hodges' stride length. Very much like, yeah. To run over Tony Stags, who is pound for pound, you know, the strongest mm. center out there. Like, like what about his he's... kicks? He got two
4: repeat sets Yeah, with, with a with a really soft – like, yeah. where they Just... don't win the game. It, uh, they win yeah. by two points. That's two repeat it sets. Sort of he was cornered and found <laughs> oh. a way
0: to and get it. No, and with no space at all on that – like, at all yeah. in that corner.
4: He, he's he's honestly – he's 23 years old, so he's still young as anything. Maybe he's 22. But he's had as many big moments in big games as some of the all-time greats had their whole career. He's already yeah. had the intercept in the Rabbitohs. He's yeah. had the World Cup field goal. Yep. Um, he's had prelim big game moments. And then obviously he had the one on the weekend. Like, he has seriously had so many big moments in big games.
0: Imagine winning, having three comps under your belt at 23. Wow. Yeah. Well, To'o. So yeah. Toto hasn't
4: played 100 games and he's got three
3: isn't that incredible? incredible. What, was the, what was the
4: four? He scored four tries in four grand finals. Yeah. Is, that a, crit, crit, Is that a record? Yeah, Critter has a record now, or at least equal the record um, for most
2: tries in consecutive grand finals. Boys, the, the, uh, the other bloke, Jesse Arthurs. I thought Jesse Arthurs was good, <laughs> yeah, good, good on Off Jesse because, you know, he went in unheralded and, uh, you know, they made a, he made a tough call, Kevy, saying to Coreos. I think he deserves a lot of respect yeah, for that call. A lot of respect. And uh, Jesse Arthurs rewarded him. That was far and away his best game yep. as a professional. <laughs>
1: You're listening to the best of Maddie Johns.
2: Yeah, welcome back. Uh, We've got sound advice coming up a little bit later, as well as Morning Glory Jeopardy. Uh, Just one sec, boys. What do you got? Okay, Morning Glory Jeopardy. The subject today is hardline ruthless, benevolent dictators of the world. Oh, there you go. Wow, that's my oh, forte. Yeah, it is. Oh, I know. That's right. Oh, wow. You're coach by it, one. It def- <laughs> Shout out to you, Hook. Definitely
0: Are we just talking about the ones in rugby league or just... They... Uh-huh. Oh, oh. There's a sting in that yeah. tale. <laughs>
2: uh, right, let's talk about something uh, simple and uh, uncomplicated. New South Wales Blues coach. Uh, <laughs> went down to Sandalik this morning. Ricky Stewart's name wasn't on the form. He's pulled away from uh, any consideration of being the next
0: Blues coach. What is the latest, Webby? Oh, I'm not entirely sure. None of them are talking to me at the moment. They're not? Oh, because I've been very critical of the way the New South Wales Rugby League has gone about their business. No great
2: loss, let me tell you. No,
0: no, 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 not at all. Um, It just... I think it talks... You know, when Freddie took over from Laurie in 18 and they won a couple of series and it was like, you know, this is the rebirth of the New South Wales Blues brand and a reconnection with... uh, With fans, and now as it stands, and this is no disrespect to those who have um, gone on to seek.com and put in their their resume to apply for the job (laughs) because that's that's where it's at. You know what they said last week in the press release? We now invite expressions expressions of interest to the job. Oh, God. Like it's like like you're a data operator or something. Um, That the the last man standing is Laurie Daly. The true last man standing is Laurie Daly, who was the last bloke they sacked. Mm. I just don't understand how. New South Wales has got them into this. They've sort of painted themselves into this bizarre corner that that pretty much the only option they've got. What what, what I, I don't get, apart from yourself, Maddie, unless you want to do it. Oh, yeah. What, what would pick, you do it?
2: No, I wouldn't. I tell you why, Beak. I, I just haven't like the the part time thing. I, I don't get because it's not a it's not a three game uh, job. Is that you know? And I, I love my job. I've, I've you know. I've basically I've picked my career path. And I just haven't got – I would not have time to it. But I'll tell you the other thing too. right? My want for a happy, uncomplicated life far outweighs my want to feel special. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 and there's a quote. So that's true. <laughs> true. <laughs> 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 oh, so true. You know, that's, that's the thing about it. And, you know, people are – I've heard, you know, people say, you know, we want someone who's passionate, who hates Queensland.
3: You know, a guy um, – if you want to hate her in there, I'm sorry, I'll not get man. <laughs> I don't think you could. Cause you, like, Harry Grant stays at your house, what, once a month? Yeah. You've you got the other boys coming over with coops. Maybe they're... you could be a double agent spy for New South <laughs> oh, Wales. Oh. What, 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 what's, the,
0: what's the solution for New South
4: Wales? Can I, can I just quickly about New South yeah. Wales. Mm. What, what I just cannot believe is the, the thought process that they need to put less resources into winning a series, not more resources
2: into yeah. it. How does I don't yeah. get that? Yeah, I don't get it either. I, I do not get it, and I think a lot of people have pulled away from the job because they just don't trust the people in charge. And
0: like, put also.
4: Okay, so a few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, Freddie put together, and I, and I was of the uh, the I guess the mind that if they found someone that was worth replacing Freddie, sh- then maybe they should look at it. But if not, he's the man that is really the only man that can do yeah. it at the moment. Anyway, he puts together a, a proposal. And then within seven days, he gets hit with this new news that it's a part-time gig.
0: Yeah. It's like they've had months to know that. Yeah. Why did it take P- so P- long? Paul Conlon, the chair, just texted me. said, hi, just one point. There was never any indication of Freddie to get rid of his whole team. That's rubbish. So that's the chairman clarifying okay. that. No worries, Paul. That's, well, that's a bit different to some stuff that I was told. Like, I don't think to get rid of the whole coaching staff. But I think – I certainly think there were – he was told by certain people involved with the New South Wales Rugby League, you're going to have to freshen up your assistant coaches – well, I think that was yeah. definitely part of it. <laughs> there was a lot of that talk going Well, on. otherwise he wouldn't have changed talk. it. <laughs> well,
2: uh, Webby, so who's going to get it? Well, Laurie's there as well. Uh, and let's not forget, Laurie coached through an era which was you know, tough on Laurie given the fact that it was almost a once in – more than a once in generational side, that Queensland team he had to coach against. The other one is Madge, right? Mm. And, and the reason I say Madge is I still maintain you need someone. I know they're saying they want a person who hasn't got club commitments, but the problem there is they're not coach fit. Now, Madge is an assistant coach uh, at uh, Canberra. He coaches the New, uh, the New Zealand side. But above all that, one thing I just know about Madge, the moment that Madge says, yes, I'm interested, which he has, you know that he's been sitting at home t- for 12 hours every day, sitting, thinking, what team would I pick? How would I work in a change? What tactics would I apply? Yeah, I, He's I think, coach fit.
4: Uh, look, I yeah, absolutely. I Madge, you can always tell, puts in the work. The only... Question I have with Madge is: Does he have the flexibility for the modern day that's, athlete?
2: That's that's the thing with Madge, and and because coaching, like like Bob Fulton was one of the rare, the really rare guys who could straddle uh, doing a club coach, but then also got how to do a touring team, mm. or yeah. or do a a representative sides with the best players. He was so good, mm. it, simple game plan, and he was flexible and he'd adjust for the people around. Him. That's what that's the challenge for Madge.
0: Yeah. Madge. that it, would be. The I, I like I like the story. I think about it from, a, from the, the storyline point of view. There is some a romantic sort of line of, of Laurie coming back to yeah. try and turn around what he left behind in 17, a, coaching against the blokes that, you know, had done his head in basically his plays. Now they're doing to New South Wales as coach, um, Smith and, mm. and Slater. I like that side of it. I don't – but he's not going to go chasing it, I think. From what I've been told is that the the people from the New South Wales rugby league are going to have to approach him. He's not going to go and throw himself in front of him.
4: Again, I I just can't keep going back to it shocks me that they want to go part-time and put less resources into it when you're going up against Billy Slater, Cam Smith, Jonathan Thurston, Hannay, who are notoriously meticulous in the way they do things, especially Billy Slater. I mean, all the word out of Queensland was you wouldn't believe how much tape Billy has been watching. Matter of fact... Lindsay Collins goes into that series. A lot of people thought Lindsay Collins, like, maybe not even make the side. Billy Slater said before the season, uh, the series even started, or maybe after game one, everyone thinks Lindsay Collins hasn't been playing good footy, but I've watched every single minute of every game he's played. He's been playing like this all year. The Roosters just haven't been going well. That's how meticulous yeah, right. he is with his selections.
2: Yeah. And I was saying both for more. When he went in there the year before, he came out and, and said to a couple of the Titans players, I cannot believe the amount of detail he went. Into into my game. He said, I've learnt more about my own self and my own game than I have in my whole career. And that was a bloke who was 18th man.
0: But is it not history repeating? It's like that's exactly how Slater and Smith were as players. It's how they are as commentators. And it's exactly how they are as Queenslanders. Oh,
2: God, I hope someone's not
0: listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, on top of that, Webby, uh, Jason... Who, Gus?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Benevolent dictators. (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, Jason Demetrio, Webby. He'll, I don't get this. He'll start 2024 with a lot of pressure on his shoulders, but strangely, South have extended him to the end of 2026. Uh, I believe. Look, they're saying that it was agreed before the end of the year, but
0: it was agreed months ago. I, yeah. I don't. I've understand. heard as far
2: back as round 12.
0: Right, that, but but it's been reported because I remember writing all this around the the stuff around Sam about how Demetrio had been. It was extended to 26, and then this sort of dropped um, just this week. So. I don't know. All these contracts, people seem to think that like it's almost standard these coach contracts where there's there's get out, yeah. you know, percentages all the way through. So if they need to pull the trigger on him earlier, right. but but yeah. I I think JD deserves a bit of time. Well, you know? Okay, well, he's seen to be second year. If he
2: let's say there's been a lot go on politically, mm. uh, I mean you know the Sam situation. If if JD for instance doesn't finish in the top eight next year as he coach in twenty twenty five.
4: It's going to be hard. No. No. Look, I always, and we've spoken about this quite a lot, you always see Wayne leave and you can't quite pinpoint, like, why do they struggle so much when they leave? And I think that this is the final straw that's made me realise, oh, that's what it is. It's vacuums of power that he leaves. Yes. Because what's the concern at the Rabbitohs now? It's buying factions who think two different directions should be happening. And
2: and do you know what? If... if the thing about it with a lot of coaches, if you say Rudder, what made what makes Craig Bellamy a great coach? What makes this guy? You can actually—it's tangible. Mm. You can look at certain principles that he put in place, and particularly with the technical coaches and and the tactical coaches, you can look and go, okay, this is what how they coach their players. Wayne is is an enigma. Is mm. yeah, Rudder, what makes Wayne a great coach? Well, it's his relationship with the players. Yeah, but that's very open ended. That's yeah. very very broad. And Wayne takes the magic with him.
0: I was reading in a book that's recently been released on Wayne. <laughs> 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 great, great Christmas present. Great all Christmas getting yeah, yeah. get, in, get involved. Um, but that's right. You're right. It's just the void. I, I really try to ex- examine that, what it was. And it was hard. It was pretty hard to put your finger on it. But, but I think you're right. It's just this void. If you take someone of that, um, of that, that presence out of your club, yeah. but also, and I reckon what's happened with, with Luttrell this year and Cody are a great example of it. Like, he just no, has that magic touch when it comes to knowing exactly what a player yeah. needs when and not upsetting the rest of the playing group. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. The, 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 and then he goes and then um, co- the coach that follows tries to replicate what he's done and he doesn't because they, they don't have the gravitas. I mean, look at, look at Manchester United, you know?
2: Maestro. Look at that. When, when oh. the old dictator, Alex Ferguson, left and everyone basically everyone went... <gasps> Big sigh of relief, like the you know the pressure's off to a certain extent, and they've just
3: failed, failed, Ten failed, years. failed.
2: Yeah, Mourinho, some great coaches
3: taken over, and nothing is yeah, working. Oh, yeah. But the yeah. power of Wayne at the Rabbitohs, like remember how we were talking to Latrell at the start of the year, and he said, "Oh yeah, I still talk to Wayne. I talk to him about cows." Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was like he still has these little phone calls, and that that would be Wayne. Like yeah. Wayne doesn't want to talk football with you, Latrell; you, he wants yeah. to talk. But cows. There's, a,
0: there's a part in the book where Alex McKinnon, when he was at Newcastle. When Wayne was at Newcastle with him, before before the tackle, and Alex said in that that first year under him at Newcastle, Wayne wouldn't go home. He'd he'd spend time driving around Newcastle with Alex McKinnon, they really sort of bonded. Okay. And Hit, he thought of, he thought looking of, for hitchhikers exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he and Alex says in the book he could not believe how many of his former players would ring, would phone Wayne off the bat. They'd be driving around. He'd just be constantly on the phone to former players calling him yeah. as they. As I did laps around uh, Bar Beach, Merriweather. Glendale. <laughs> Glendale. Yeah,
2: Glendale Super Centre. Edgeworth. Yeah, down <laughs> West Walls End. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Marilla, my sister, in who lives there. Uh, <laughs> what's some the new developments up there, honestly, expanding. It is. Uh, we'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, long, before we do long-term prediction. South Sydney next oh. year. 2024. Oh, hey, a... hey, hey,
3: hey, hey. I've got my hypotheticals Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, don't, I, don't to, I don't want
2: to take away. Okay. But... <laughs> let's uh, take a break. Movie of the week. Whiplash next.
1: You're listening to the best of Maddie John's.
3: I suppose I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman? I-I don't know. Sure you do. The tempo? Were you rushing or were you dragging? I-I don't know. Start counting.
0: Five, six, seven... In
3: four, five. Damn it! Look at me! One, two, three,
0: four. One. one, two, three,
3: four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging?
0: I don't
3: know. Count again. One, two, three,
1: four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three,
2: four. Rushing
3: or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference!
2: Oh. God, I had a flashback oh, one of the coaches I once had. <laughs> Liam Alexander, welcome. Uh, morning, guys. How are you all going? Oh, Liam, we're going good, man. How you are? What that's f- what
0: you're like in the breaks. That's, oh, what yeah, you don't that's how yeah. we are. <laughs> wow. yeah. it. Hit the sting closely, again, man. maestro.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liam, what a film.
1: Oh, I honestly, I think this is one of the greatest movies made uh, this century, honestly. It's one of the most anxiety-inducing films you'll ever watch. J.K. Simmons is one of the scariest guys in this movie is Terrence Fletcher. But I think the best part about it, it's got this very interesting theme about how much you're willing to sacrifice to be the best and do the yeah. ends sort of justify the means. So I think it's a really rewatchable movie as well. Uh, uh,
2: just before we do, but for people, a lot of people haven't seen this movie. I think the majority of our listeners haven't seen it. Uh, Liam, the plot,
1: Yeah, so the movie's about a young drummer. He's at one of the top music conservatories in the country and he dreams of being one of the all-time greats, but he's struggling to sort of make the main ensemble until the lead conductor, who we just heard, uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, as Fletcher, takes an interest in him and sort of suddenly elevates him to this main position. But after that first practice session, which is one of the great scenes, it sort of becomes apparent that Fletcher is a tyrant and will... Stop at nothing to realize Andrew's potential, whatever whatever the cost. Now,
4: is Fletcher? I know you just said that, but bird's eye view, you know, you know, creating art greatness. Is mm. Fletcher a hero or a villain?
0: Mm. Oh, good question. I, think,
1: I. Think that's one of the That's why the movie's so great because it doesn't really answer it. Because in the end, Andrew does become one of the great drummers, but you could argue that his soul has essentially yeah. been destroyed yeah. in the process Loses. of becoming it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah,
2: I'll ask you, Slim. Uh, was he majority searching for perfection or more a ruthless madman who couldn't make it himself so he took it out in his students?
1: I think that's arguable as well. I think like there are so many little scenes and moments and I think I think he sort of he has the right idea, like I can understand it, but I think there's parts of him where that are so narcissistic and sort of borderline evil that it, it, it's too much, I think. See I, I think I think he's a hero.
2: Yeah,
4: right.
1: I think he's a hero. (laughs) Oh, jeez.
4: Because... (laughs) Anti-hero. No, no. Think about this. Okay, one person's... And look, maybe we're talking about dictators later, so we'll get deeper into this if you want. But one person's (laughs) soul is sacrificed. But think about how much happiness has been brought to the world by his villainary leadership and... Teaching of the talent, and he and he, well, like, and he
3: uses a story um, about Charlie Parker, the, obviously mm. the famous jazz musician, yes. about yeah. the symbol being thrown at his head yeah. to sort of convey this is why I'm right because I'm going to create. Well, but also the uh,
4: the younger student,
2: he consensually
3: went. Yes, there. Yeah, he, yeah. he consented yeah. to it.
2: Well, I tell you, if you look at like in sport, like I never <laughs> had coaches to the degree well, one or two maybe, <laughs> uh, but uh, of him being a madman. But I had coaches who football education what drove me to the brink of almost being insane. Mm. But when you come through the other side of it, you know, and you think about this young drummer, imagine him for twenty years teaching. I know. Yeah. But th-
0: see, I. But I'm like you. I when I watched this movie, I think you just nailed it at the start line. Where you said it, it, like the anxiety that it induces in the in the in the viewer is like that's what I got out of it. I was sitting there like a nervous wreck watching that movie. But it's the same, and it's the mm. same in sport. The military, yeah. you know, yeah. like like how far is too far? Yeah, but but true. but if you're going to be the best of the best of the best and be the greatest, yeah. and you know, yeah, take all the chocolates, you, and that's what you to need to be driven to by someone like that. Yeah. Uh,
2: Liam, was this originally a, a, a short, film? short film?
1: Yeah, so it, it basically uh, Damien Chazelle, who's the writer director, is a, a really great filmmaker. He, he couldn't get funding for the movie, which is not surprising because a movie about a drummer doesn't really scream a big hit. So he he turned it into a short film, which was essentially a 14-minute version of that first uh, practice session, and it ended up winning the um, Sundance Film Festival Best Short Film that year. So he got funding soon after that and was able to make it, but he only made it for $3 million dollars—whiplash. So it was a pretty low-budget movie, shot in 19 days, which is really, really quick for a feature film, but ended up being a really big success.
3: Yeah, because as you just said, nineteen days, fourteen hours a day to do this. The entire process from start of filming to the final edit only took ten weeks, which in terms of making a movie is That's insane. Unheard of, really. It's uh, it is totally unheard of. And the the stuff that came out about it, like you know, the, the, this little things like the slaps, yeah. like he did that, and then when he um, there was a moment where J.K. Um, Simmons had his, there was a like a violent. Um, outburst between um, Miles Teller and him in the movie, and it cracked his rib. So, like, Jacob, they actually hit each other to make it more realistic. And the same with, um, you see him drumming at the end, we're gonna talk about the ending, obviously, but the blood spluttering around, and that actually, was was blood that was happening because right. teller could actually can actually play the drums he's played the drums oh, since right. 15 yeah. and JK Simmons is actually a trained musician himself no, yeah. so he's also he's also a pianist who he had a musical degree so um, they know how to they know how to throw down musically
2: Liam
0: <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a term I've never heard before There you go Thank you to Doddy Sutherland uh, Liam
2: Some of the great scene. What's your favourite scene? I mean there's, there's so many like, Little ones that you don't see coming Like the car accident
1: yeah. yes. Yes. Oh, oh, stunning God. That whole Yeah That whole sequence from him Leaving the drumsticks At the car rental place And having to rush back And then oh. getting in that accident and then oh, when he just gets on stage, yeah, that later. is a great scene.
4: Deep question, deep question. But do you think great art requires pain?
1: I think so. Yeah, I think if you look at some of the great films, some of the best books, I think um, there's always a degree of suffering. But I think the great question is how much suffering is actually required. But mm. I think there's because there's always truth in suffering. I think and pain, but. I don't know, sometimes when you look at the result, you could argue that it's worth it, but... It is this an Oprah Liam. <laughs>
2: Righto, boys, here's it. a hypothetical. I want you to think about here, you can mull it over. Mm. Righto, what happens in the next 30 minutes of this movie if continues? Does he and the lunatic teacher, uh, do they become friends or is too much damage being done? Do they go their separate ways? What happens to both uh, after this, their relationship.
1: I I, I reckon, uh, and Damien Chazelle, the director, actually spoke about this. Someone asked him, what do you think happens to Andrew after this movie? And he said, I reckon he ends up dead in like 15 years at 30 years old, like that other great drummer. So I I, I don't see it, I, like an abusive, rel- I think it sort of peters out, he becomes the best, but he can't sustain yeah. yeah. that he's, level. Because he's
3: lost his humanity and he's lost mm-hmm. his... his- lost himself mentally to get to that stage. Peak.
2: Isn't it amazing about drummers? Is there something in that? You're saying, you know, like, a lot of great d- drummers die early.
3: John Bonham, yeah. Keith Moon. Well, they, they said Buddy Rich, the famous jazz mm. drummer, like he, he was a lot of the inspiration for this. And apparently, oh. great on stage. And everyone go, oh man, Buddy Rich, look at him go. Apparently, off stage, he was an absolute monster <laughs> of his I, human.
4: I thought that, like, my interpretation towards the end was they became almost like old warriors that had gone mm. through the fire together. And come out the other side of, you know, they'd always got those moments together. So there was this deeply ingrained respect. Yeah. yeah.
2: They also, Liam, I think it was Bill Simmons, that I talking about this movie, and they said, in essence, it's a sports movie. Mm. That made sense. Oh, and they're, yeah. They're competing, and it takes you take your back to, to your days of playing the NRL when you're doing pre season and the coach. Plays you off against other blokes in your position. There's that scene where he keeps rotating the three of them on the drums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so sport. Oh.
0: But would they do that? Would coaches coach like that now? Oh, I think more subtle. It wouldn't be.
4: There's a lot of subtle things that happen for when you're coming through. They'll put you in like positions where you're a young, a 17, 18 year old, and see whether you crumble. But you don't. You you may never know that they intentionally put you in that position.
3: Right. But you you you, you spoke a little, couple of weeks ago how when you first turned up they said you run against Webke. Yeah, yeah. That, Isn't that, was, that the sort of, and it was to prove how yeah. tough you were.
4: Well, I, I think it was just because I was picked out of a whole squad of 30, but even going even further back, I wasn't actually supposed to be in the top grade squad. They took me to the army camp. And then because I went okay at the, top, the army squad, it, they put me in the top squad the next year. So they yeah, do it right. all the time. So